0: Welcome in Sam Vendiari, who comes in late because he has a million jobs, and Andy Lou to the show. Sam and Andy, they host uh, one of my favorite podcasts on the Blue Wire Network called Light Years Podcast, a reference to the fact that the Warriors are light years ahead of everyone else, which I think is low-key kind of awesome, since I'm a huge Dubs fan. Uh, the boys are the go-to for all things Warriors. We did an hour interview. They were really good generous and gracious with their time in the middle of a work day we talked about how much the punches loomed over the season which was a lot Uh, what is up with clay thompson how do they fix that how do they think that gets fixed can the Warriors' season be fixed and what will that take and is kevin durant still a possible warrior for a trade some surprising answers from two of the most tapped in guys probably some of the best follows in the nba and in the warrior space, great interview. So let's get into it. Our our listeners aren't as yep. tuned in or plugged in on every detail of what's going on with the Warriors, So I think you guys are the really the vein and the artery into the soul of of what <laughs> the fan base feels um, on this team. So I wanted to get you on. Okay. When when it happened, what were you like? Thinking, what was your take on it when it happened and what's your take on it now?
2: Oh, so look, this is when it happened, I, I was actually shocked. So we knew as Warriors fans that Draymond wasn't happy, uh, that he was not in line to get an extension versus uh, Jordan Poole. I think Jordan Poole specifically, not, not so much Andrew Wiggins. But the feeling around the team in the offseason was that everything was happy. Jordan Poole was happy. Draymond was happy. Draymond came out on a press conference and said, hey, listen, I know that at this point in my career, it makes a lot more sense for someone like Jordan Poole to get his money first. And so we all, it was great. They went to Japan. Everyone was petting porcupines. And Draymond was speaking Japanese. It was all fun and games. And no less than a week later, he knocks Poole out. And I think with with that uh, punch, I do think it affects where the Warriors are at today, especially emos- emotionally. Because everybody who, I mean, You don't need to be a Warriors fan to know that the Warriors are usually the happiest team in the NBA. Uh, You see Steph smiling uh, no matter what happens on the court. Last night, Steph Gray dropped 50 points. I didn't see him smile one single time. Now, I'm not saying that's Draymond's fault, but I do think a lot of the emotions around the team, even though they're not fighting about that now, I think a lot of it is under under... I think it's undermentioned that that changed the trajectory of how this team was always going to feel going to the season, and uh, you know, outside of Clay and Paul playing terribly, I think that Draymond punch really changed the way, really changed the way this team uh, started the season.
0: Do you feel like there was any real reason for it other than just normal smack talking? Because Draymond came out and was like, it had nothing to do with his contract. I don't care what another man makes. I don't count his pockets.
2: Uh, pure lies. I think when he said that, I I, I just that's the only reason I ha- I haven't. It's not that I have sources, but yet nobody has really heard otherwise that it's something else. It, it's it's the fact that Draymond knows that he's the second most important player on the Warriors, second or third most important player. Maybe Andrew Wiggins has become the second, but he's certainly more important to them winning than. In the last five years and maybe even last season, than Jordan Poole, right? And I think he looks at that and says, I've only ever made max, you know, $100 million on my contract. And here's this dude that's going to make $123 million guaranteed at 22 years old. He's lying. Everyone's lying if you're saying you don't look at that and realize, dude, I'm the best defensive player of my generation, and I can't get paid as much as this guy who doesn't impact winning, especially in the postseason that I do. And honestly, Draymond's right, right? I would agree with him, but such is life. Life isn't fair, right? <laughs> life isn't fair is what I would say to Draymond, and these things are just going to happen, and I think it's, it's fine to be mad, but, man, he knocked the kid out. And def- and then it leaked a- and then it leaked, which I think made it a million times worse because, you know, you've got you've got Jordan Poole, who's not he's not really a made man in the NBA. He's really still trying to figure it out, even though he's got this big contract. And uh, you I think you're seeing some of those effects like he's getting attacked defensively. He's offensively. He's now the focal point of f- scouting reports along with Steph. And I think it's affecting the way he played yet. He, he had he had he went over five last night in 27 minutes. Oh, the zero is not an issue. Took five shots. I mean, what are we doing here?
0: That's, that's insane. Two points on the night. The question, I think there's, there's a lot of people who are fan bases, you know, fans of other teams, and they don't understand why Draymond is so important to this team. And they think that he's going to be gone. And that this all signals that, especially considering that Steve Nash or Steve Nash, Steve Kerr comes out and Steph comes out during that Ramona Shelburne piece and says, you know, the end's, the end of everything is really hard. It's, there's never anything good right. that goes with that. Does that mean to you that, that Draymond's gone after this year?
2: The answer is maybe, which is the right answer, which sucks because nobody wants to hear that on a show. I, I would say maybe, but my, my take is this. Coming, coming into the season, I would have said yes. I would have just said, hey, he's gone. Uh, you, you, I know Wiseman and Kaminga, this is before the season you know, have a lot of promise and they really haven't shown that yet, but maybe you think they get to some facsimile of a defensive presence. You think that offensively Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins are going to be good enough along with Steph and clay that, you know, it's going to, it's going to help you overcome some of the Draymond ball handling and screening. Right. But you watch the first 10, 15 games of the season, even though the Warriors are six and nine, they're not winning a championship without Draymond. They're not winning a playoff series without Draymond. And Steph knows that Draymond knows that Steve Kerr knows that. And I think that's where you start to see some of the issues with the warriors where they're spending so much time, effort and resources and, on someone like James Wiseman and, and frankly, someone like Kaminga and none of that's even come close to we're not talking about like, Oh, Kaminga's, you know, he, he's looking good. He's, he just needs more minutes to get there. It's like, no, he, he might just suck at basketball and same with Wiseman. Like, He's so bad at basketball, he's in the G League. Like, we're not, we're not talking about, oh, he could play 10 minutes and and, and if he play-, and his per 36 is so good that if he plays 30 minutes, he's a star. Like, the Warriors just need to give him that. No, he sucks. Like, he sucks. He needs to play in the G League to just try to be in the NBA four years from now. Because as of right now, James Wise has been playing in China four years from now. That's how bad he is. And things could change quick, right? Things could change quick. Like Jordan Poole, things change very fast. Jordan Poole is the worst player in the NBA year one. It it changes fast. But as of right now, that's how bad those guys are. And if I were Draymond Green, I would – and it's not like he's having a great, great season. He's having a good season. I would just plop my tape on the table to Bob Myers and Joe Lake and be like, guys, look, (laughs) I know you don't want to pay me, but what what else are you going to do? You're going to rebuild, right? You're going to rebuild. What else are you going to do?
0: There's people who think that it's the Warriors' fault that James Wiseman hasn't progressed.
2: I think the Warrior system does him no favors. Uh, it's a very – I wouldn't say, like, it's an intricate system, but it's a system that relies on basketball IQ, of which he has zero uh, because of a few factors, right? I think because innately he doesn't have that type of IQ to play in the system, he also hasn't played many games in three years. Uh, so I think those are factors. He's definitely a guy that belongs in a more, uh, like a like a standard modern NBA offense, where it's just pick and roll, pick and pop, uh, that type of stuff. Where the Warriors don't really do that. The Warriors want you like you can see Kaminga struggle with that a little bit. But I actually am bullish still on Kaminga because I do think he can figure that stuff out. It doesn't seem like Wiseman can figure that stuff out
1: on the Warrior.
2: So I think I think to your point, that does him no favors. But I also think at the same time, you know, you gotta, you gotta be better than that. Like the guy, the guy is so, the guy is just so bad every time he steps on the floor <laughs> offensively and defensively, it's, it's jarring. It's it actually, it, it's making jokes about it legit makes you feel like a bad person.
0: Thousand percent. <laughs> I said this, his, what was it? 2020, 2021. When we first met And I said to you guys, I said, he looks like a deer in headlights. And that joke was fine then. And now it's like 2022, 2023. And he still looks like a deer in headlights now, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. now an entitled deer in headlights that wants the ball. You know what I mean?
2: Good way to put it.
0: It doesn't feel like 2020, 2021 again.
2: It's you. the exact – It's the so for those, right, that, that didn't watch the Warriors, that was a season where Steph averaged 30-plus points. I think he averaged 40 points on 50-40-90 for an entire month to get them to to get them to the play-in game. He had to drag the Warriors to the play-in game, playing next to Kelly Oubre, uh, Kem Bazemore, JTA, heavy minutes. Draymond Green kind of was in and out that season. He wasn't very good. Jordan Poole was young. So he was dragging like a band of misfit toys – uh, to the playing game where they lost to the Lakers and, and the Grizzlies. And, and I'd argue that the that Steph is playing better this season. Uh, he had 50 points last night, right? Like I mentioned earlier on literally like five shots, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And he's dragging the Warriors. He's dragging the, war- the Warriors to wins at home against bad teams. I know the Kings are having a good season, but he's having to play out of his mind just to beat teams at home. And he's playing out of his mind on the road, and they're not even coming close to win. They went 0-5 on a road trip that they lost to Detroit. They lost to Orlando. Uh, They lost to Charlotte. I mean, those are three of some of the worst teams in the NBA. They lost to all of them. And let me tell you, they weren't even close. Like, no, at no point in those games was I like, yeah, the Warriors are going to be – like, they're going to come back. Like, they choked some of those games. But – it's this is a team that just is bad. They they might be worse than 2020 2021 because they have better players. Like Clay Clay's playing. Wiggins is, Wiggins is he's better. Right? Jordan Poole is better. And uh and they're and they're worse. It's it's actually impressive. The, the way the Warriors are doing this It's actually impressive.
0: Yeah, that's crazy to me too because if you look at offensively, they are 10th in offensive rating, but Steph is balling out to such a degree that if you were to take Steph and put him into like a regular night it like they would have scored 102 points last night total right they scored what one yeah 119 to 130 yep, so 130. without if if Steph only scores instead of 50 if he scores you know 27 you don't even hit the 100 mark right and 27 is a pretty decent scoring night why do you think Things look so stagnant.
2: So as bad as I talked about the young kids being, uh, those kids didn't play last night, and they went with a vet-heavy rotation. And uh, Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole have been awful. Uh, Clay Thompson's more awful than Jordan Poole, but you've got two shooting guards. One of them shoots too much, and the other doesn't shoot. And that's really the if Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole played to the same uh level that they did last season. This team right now, six and nine, probably nine and six. They'd probably be nine and six, which is, you know, you'd be asking me like, oh, do we panic about the Warriors? But you know, I'd say like, no, not really, right? They'll get better from there. But instead, those two dudes have been terrible. And and kind of to break down each one, Klay Thompson once so bad for it to be 2019 so bad. It's, it's like, he's like that old uncle that wants to relive his college career or high school career. And he wants to just, you know, uh, w- what's the, uh, the point that who's uncle Rico, right? He's talking yeah. about how he, he, wants to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. He's talking about how he wants to be that guy again. And that's Clay Thompson. And, you know, part of that is enduring enduring. I never, I never will slander Clay Thompson. That's, that's my guy. That's every Warriors fans guy for obvious reasons, four titles, Torres, ACL, Achilles, all of that. At the same time, he, I think, mentally is just not where he needs to be. And also, he's out of shape. He didn't play at all in the offseason. And I think that's part of it. Jordan Poole, on the other hand, he's coming off the bench. He thinks he should start. And he's probably right, but he's not going to. And when he comes off the bench, they're putting him with guys that he has to carry. And uh, as a kid that's still trying to make it in the NBA, he's trying to figure out how to carry teammates rather than be the guy like he was last season, playing next to Otto Porter, playing next to GP2, where he has a great defensive four around him, so he can just go out there and just get buckets. Right. He could just yeah. do his thing. Right now, it's like, how do I get guys involved? How do I figure stuff out on defense? Well, GP2 is not going to save me. Andre Goddard is not out there to, to run the offense. I'm the guy that has to do all that. That makes life very difficult, which is why, when you see him with the starting lineup, where Draymond, Wiggins, and Steph are out there, he's going off. So those two guys are the biggest problem. And then outside of that, I think, that's the offensive issue and then outside of that i think defensively they just they don't have enough smart players i mean that's what happens when you've got seven kids on the team that are like 21 i don't know what i was doing at 21 but i definitely wasn't smart so these guys definitely aren't and it's it's i mean it's obvious
0: this is what i think is happening with clay i want you to tell me whether you think this is right because he was averaging 17 three and two in the finals that's pretty good it's not 2019 clay but it's That's a serviceable clay, And and defensively, he played pretty well against Jalen Brown. He wasn't, you know, two-way, him clay but he was pretty good. But this is what I think happened. I think that the trauma from the injury bled into the offseason because that gets you back to that place again. And you're like, I don't want to injure myself in a pickup run, so I don't play. I just don't play in pickup runs because I associate pickup runs with tearing something, tearing an, an Achilles being Mm -hmm. out for another year again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So his conditioning declines. And then because his conditioning declines, his play automatically declines as well. And everybody notices and everybody says and points it out. Clay's not the same. Clay's not the same. He sucks now. And then emotionally he spirals from there because he wants to get back to that place but he also wants the respect from the people for what he's already done and some grace to get him back to where he wants to go. And then emotionally, he sort of spirals. And then he's now pressing to show the world he's still elite when he's really not elite right now because of all those other things. Do you think that's right?
2: I, I would agree. I would agree. I, I think it is a spiral spiral effect from, from, I think, just not being ready to play basketball it's it's a little shocking because i do think if it, if it's some this mental stuff i think affects everyone I, I would say like if it was one person that i thought it would affect it would be clay just because kind of the shooter mentality he's always had the calmness the poise it's why he made 11 threes in okc game 6 it's why he's game 6 clay it's why he pulled the warriors out of so many situations it's the mental toughness but there's always going to be things i think that all humans are going to struggle with. And I think that's what Clay struggled with. And it's also shocking because this is coming at, like you said, after what he did in the NBA finals, he came back. He actually led the Warriors in minutes, <laughs> which is insane. I thought he was back uh, coming into this. You know, my co-host Samus Fendiari and I thought that, you know, we were, we were bullish. We were like, well, Clay's going to come back and he's going to be nine. Like last season, he was 75%. He's going to come back. He's going to be 85% of what he had. And right now he's like 50% of what he was before. And I, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. And then you, you compound compound that, like you said, with the fact that he's just going to keep shooting. And for the first time last night, I know that Stefan Draymond has talked to him about being, having better shot selection, but that's what makes clay clay. He's just going to shoot that stuff. But I think for the first time last night, we saw Stefan Draymond, they were they were they were exasperated, okay. and they showed it on the court, which you never see from Steph. You see from Draymond every day, but you never see from Steph, and um that that's where it's, the, it's concerning to me, yeah, they lost to Phoenix, they lost to Phoenix fine. I mean they, they do that. Phoenix is a good regular season team, but it's the it's you look at this team and you look at how they are mentally, and you're like, "Ooh." I don't know if they're going to make it back from this. And if they do make it back from this, how good can they actually be when they do make it back from this? It's a lot going on with this team. And, you um, know, almost, it almost feels like a LeBron team where I think Steph is going to have to go into, to Bob and Joe's office at some point and just say, Hey, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do something drastic, which is what LeBron would do. And uh, which is what he's good at. I think uh, Steph doesn't do that, but, I think Steph also looks at his basketball m- mortality and says, I got two years left. Like I could maybe win three. five. Ch- yeah. Maybe three. I could win five championships. You're telling me I could be on the, on the Kobe level of championships. I could, I could go one up on Braun because Braun's definitely not winning one. Right. Uh, yeah. In the next few seasons. So. He's like, dude, I could win five and be immortal forever. And I'm not freaking wasting my time with the crap shit I have around me. Right. So he's not going to request a trade. It's not what I mean, but it's like, what can we get for Wiseman? Yeah. What can we get for Kaminga, you know? So. Do you
0: think that urgency actually exists for him right this second? Or do you forecast that that urgency to to have that move be made and to have that conversation is something that's going to take place in the future?
2: I think both, actually. I do think there is urgency right now. They're 6-9. and nine. I mean, they're not that far out from home court advantage. I think they're only a couple games. But it's like you – watch the team just watch them <laughs> they're not a they're not a home court team all you gotta do is just watch them for 10 minutes and um and i and i think the the trade deadline's in february so I, it's valentine's day right so it's sometime yeah. in february so they got they got some time but they, By I, that think
0: time
2: they though. I mean are they gonna be 500 i think they know they need to make a move i think they know that i think they know that i think it's not even urgency i think it's just fact they're not they're not winning the championship as is. Um, but what is the move? Um, do they trade Wiseman for GP2? <laughs> we don't want him. We uh, don't want him. I think that's the... Not... We don't want him. <laughs> GP2 hasn't played yet. He hasn't yeah, played. but we
0: don't want Wiseman. We know what Wiseman
2: yeah. is. Portland has incredible him. vibes. I watched some of the Portland games the last few weeks. Ugh. Simon's better than McCollum. Does he have a higher ceiling than McCollum? It's I just... think
0: so because he's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, yeah. six, yeah. instead of like 6'3". Yeah. And then I think Shaden Sharp's upside is just yeah, he ridiculous. Seems cool. yeah. He had, what, 14 points in 12 minutes yeah. the other night? Yeah. Just sick. And Jeremy yeah. Grant's a lot better than I thought too yeah. on this team specifically. And I think because you guys would love some Jeremy Grant right
2: now. I tell you so, what. <laughs> so Jeremy Grant is an interesting – so I, I've thought about this – Jeremy Grant, I think, is a classic – I think Kaminga is going to go through this, and, and which is why I'm not bullish on, on some of the kids as a Warrior. Jeremy Grant went to Detroit to do two things, right? He got his money, and he got yeah. his buckets. And I think when you look at someone like Jonathan Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga wants two things right now. He doesn't want to sacrifice. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to play team-winning basketball, and I get it. Right? I get it. He thinks he's a lot better than, than what he should be doing on the Warriors. He wants to get his contract, and he wants to get buckets. You look at someone like Jalen Green, same thing, right? They, they get free reign to do whatever they want. But then you're talking about the third team. So you're talking about the team after that. So now Jeremy Grant's on Portland, and he's saying, you know what? I got my money. I got my points. I'm trying to win. And I think that guys like Wiseman and Kaminga are like six years away from that. They need to understand that they're not good enough to carry a yeah. team like that and win. And I think Jeremy Grant realized that he knows that he's not good enough to be that guy. So he's like, "Cool, I'm going to go back and I'm going to I'm going to be this guy." with Portland. that. I I think that's what Kaminga's career arc is. I, it's a standard career arc for a lot of NBA players because not all NBA players are superstars, right? So that's that's the predicament I think the Warriors have. And so.
0: he said something too in this article that I just read that was so I thought so uh, self aware. He's he's basically saying I'm not the fact that I can't get buckets and be the number one scoring option, but I can't be the leader of a team. Like I can't make sure everyone's good. I can't be the focal point of a team. Like I can get buckets, but ultimately I need someone else. Otherwise I'm going to draw double teams and I'm going to be garbage. And there's not that many. And he said it gave him a lot of respect for guys who are actually true. Number ones to realize I thought I was a number one. I wanted to be a number one. I wanted to be paid like a number one. And you know what? I realize I'm not a number one. Yep. But he can yep. guard point guards and he he protects Dame from a defensive standpoint to the point where this is a top five defensive team in the league right Are
2: now. Are they? Wow, that's that's amazing that's
0: sixth in defensive rating.
2: Yeah, that's I mean, isn't that what Andrew isn't that what happened to Andrew Wiggins? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what happened to Andrew Wiggins, who I mean, he's that guy that protects Steph defensively. Well, Steph is actually pretty good. So he protects Jordan Poole yeah. defensively now. So it's like he's the guy that realized I can't be the number one option. I just – I can't. It's not possible now. You became a warrior and second-best player on a championship team. I mean, just simply put, right? And so I think um, to pull it back to the Warriors, you can't cheat uh, development and life lessons for these guys. You can't tell someone this – like Andre Godala for, for all he can do. He can only tell Kaminga all these things. Kaminga has to go through it. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's just like life, you know, My, your boys or, or your girlfriend can only tell you, you know, that guy's not good for you or that girl so many times, but you got to go through it for you to actually realize that or not. Um, yeah. And I think it's, that's what makes, that's, what's making this so hard for the warriors, which, you know, I don't think they want to cut bait uh, on these guys. They definitely don't right on Wiseman, Kaminga and Moody, but, Man, if you're talking about the chance to win a fifth title versus the chance of maybe sort of being competitive four years from now, that's now this is where the time, two timelines are actually hurting the Warriors. I don't know. Last year, it wasn't a victory for the two timelines because at the end of the day, the Warriors could just say, dude, we got eight, nine, ten veterans. We can just go with those guys and win a championship. Now they tried to go with those two timelines and it's ugly
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: It's ugly. ugly. I remember talking to, I want to say it was either Moo or Kent Lacob, two guys that are, you know, high up in the Warriors organization, and they said, if Moody and Kaminga aren't good this season, we are not going to be good. And I remember being like, wow, that's a... That's not good. From from the actual horse's mouth to hear yeah. that it's one thing to hear, like, you know, some golden state blog say that, right. right? right. It's another right. thing to hear the owner's son say that, yeah. you know, and that's kind of what I feel like is happening. You know, all these different role players who are young and all the ones that departed off the championship team that I kind of wanted to get your thoughts about. You, you lose Bealicia, you lose Damian Lee, GP two, obviously Otto Porter, JTA, who do, you, who do you think the Warriors miss most?
2: Dude, they miss all of them. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm going to give you an answer. but they, So here, here's what, overall, the problem – I mean, there's a lot of issues. But one of the big, big, big issues is that Damian Lee and JTA, I made fun of them a lot. They're ready to hoop at all times. They're ready to come in there, and it's a, it's a mid-November game, and they're just coming out there. And they're like, yo, let's go. Like, <laughs> I'm going to give you eight minutes – but I'm going to give you eight minutes, right? Yeah. And Kaminga's like, I'm coming in here. I'll, I'll give you eight minutes, maybe. I'm going to stick it off half the time. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to – he doesn't even know what's going on out there. JTA and Damian Lee, the two worst guys, though, the five you mentioned, are are, are in there ready to go. And the Warriors miss that. They missed players that are willing to sacrifice. They miss players that know how to play defense. They miss players that can do all that. Now, Now, of those, I think – when you talk about missing defense, they miss J- GP2 the most. They, they do. You can argue whether it's GP2 or Arnold Porter, but I think it's GP2. They miss a guy that is an absolute game changer defensively. And he papered over a lot of the mistakes that, that Clay Thompson made, a lot of the mistakes that Jordan Poole made, and he just gave the Warriors another guy that made him that made them a lethal defense. The Warriors were the best defense in the NBA uh, when they could put GP2 out there. They put GP2, Clay, uh, Draymond, Looney, and Wiggins out there. I mean, my God. I mean, that was that that thing had Celtics in a chokehold. The Celtics looked like a, I mean, they looked like a JV team trying to dribble against GP two and and Wiggins and those guys, right? So, uh, I think they miss him the most. And I think to your point about Kent Lake saying saying uh, Moody and Kaminga need to play well. I think they they thought that Kaminga would be that like some version of GP two, where it's like I'm just gonna be a dog and just hound guys and finish at the rim and just have that mindset but Kaminga doesn't have that mindset yeah. right it, it, and and then moody's another guy that i think is just not he's not fast enough he's not he's not quick enough to be that defensively and then offensively uh he shoots too much and i think you put you put those two guys in they just don't have the willingness to sacrifice an iq uh, offensively and defensively So i think they missed gp2 which is why which is why i think um you know the, 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 they're talking about saying like hey I don't think it'll happen. Like you said, I don't think Portland, why would Portland do it? They're not rebuilding. Although I think, you know, Nurkic, Wiseman, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the, maybe that's your future center, but. Two
0: timelines.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, right. I don't know if Dame would, uh, actually, I don't know. Dame is very Steph-like actually. Um, but they miss GP2. They, they, they Dante DiVincenzo is, re... he's actually really good for the Warriors. Um, they need more. They yeah. need more. They have, the Warriors have the worst defense in the NBA and it matches the eye test every second.
0: It's, yeah, 25th, but it looks like the bottom of the bottom, honestly. There's obviously trade deadline talks, all this stuff. Who who do you think besides KD the Warriors could actually pick up that would help this team outside of, like, a collection of, you know, role players like Jay Crowder and things like that? Because I think about maybe Julius Randle. I think about Miles Turner. um, Maybe some other guys like uh, Jakob Purtle.
2: You just you just glossed over. You just said, you know, outside of KD. Like, like, like that's, a, like that's a realistic.
0: I don't think that's a key, realistic possibility. That's why we're just like, I that's wonder, why we're just kind of putting it to the side.
2: I wonder if it is. I wonder, I wonder, I don't know. I wonder if it is. I think that when, when Durant first came to the Warriors, you could argue that not good for him. And maybe it wasn't good for the Warriors overall. Um, just from an optics perspective, obviously, I loved it. I think it was great.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, then the, then KD goes to Brooklyn, and, and we know how that's going. And the Warriors win another championship. So wouldn't make sense for the Warriors to do it again, uh, right, this offseason when we're, KD requested a trade. But now you're looking at both teams, and you're like, from an optics perspective. Uh, it's a
0: win-win. It's
2: a win-win. They both need each other. You know, I, I I think back to the to the to the Avengers. I think back to Thanos. You know, it, it, you know, KD's coming back to the Warriors. The Warriors are coming back to KD. You know what I mean? Like this is a perfect match. I think at this point in their career, uh, to put those two guys together again. I don't care who you give up. It gives a shit. Just just give it up, right? <laughs> but who? But but now you can argue the Warriors are six and nine. They're not winning like this. So go get them. And KD's sitting there, and he just. He just talked about how he had to play with Edmund, some like quoting guys by name and saying how bad. <laughs> yeah. just, I know he didn't mean it like that. Katie never really does, but sheesh. Right. And so, I mean, that's the fit. Yes. We can talk about Yaka I think that'd be a good fit. You know, I think, I think maybe, uh, Sadiq Bay or Bojan Bogdanovic, maybe those guys are good fits on Detroit. Uh, you can talk about, you know, you mentioned Jay Crowder. There are some, maybe some wings. I think the Warriors kind of need a wing right now. Um, but end of the day, man, like, is Kevin, is, is KD, is that not the move? Like, would you trade Wiseman for Yakupero? I, I don't, I would, but I don't know if the Warriors would. They're sitting there. They're like, well, why? Like, like, we're going to have to sign him again. Like, Yakapurto's may not even close games in the playoffs. Like, what's the, what's kind of, not what's the point, but like, how much does he actually make us better? Uh, and I'm giving up a guy that maybe I'm still high on who has a high upside, number two pick, all that. So I think to me it comes back down. I mean, if they're gonna make a trade, I, I still don't really think they're gonna make a trade. If they're gonna make a trade, it <laughs> it's gonna be for Kevin Durant. Like that that's what that's what I would say. Like Joe and Bob, like that's the one where without a doubt, if there is an inkling of KD wants it to happen, Steph wants it to happen. And I don't mention any other names for a reason. If Steph and Katie want it to happen, like I think that's the one that well, that, that can happen.
0: what's interesting to me about that is I said to someone who was around the Warriors organization in a high capacity, no longer is. And I said, um, where do you think KD ends up? This is in summer league. Where do you think KD ends up? Where do you think he, uh, and he goes, well, I know where he wants to go. And I go, where? Phoenix, like Toronto. And he no. goes, he wants to go back to Golden State. And I go, you think so? And he goes, I know so. I'm a hundred percent positive. I spoke with KD about this. And then, you know, he changes his mind so fast, so often, but that, and I wouldn't, I don't think this person would lie. This person's, you know, cream of the crop in terms of integrity. So that has surfaced through his mind at least one time, you know?
2: it doesn't surprise it doesn't surprise i didn't know that but it doesn't surprise me right i think for someone like him to realize you don't know what you have until it's now gone i think there were like different reasons again like i think part of the reasons that made him so miserable at at golden state was less so about golden state but what people were saying about him what his own colleagues were saying about him clay had a quote that you know i don't really care what media says about me i care about what my what my peers say about me and i think clay's clay's his peers love him. I think I think players love him and I think that's you know Clay's always going to be secure in that. I think part of KD's insecurity is that is that you know some players feel that he took the easy way out and I think that's what always made the run at Golden State tough. But now I think this is the opportunity uh for for I mean it's 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 a fairy tale sto- ending story for Warriors fans, right? And so I think I just think it, it's, it's almost like LeBron going back to Cleveland. It, it's not the same because that was objectively a great story and a great ending. But if you're Durant and, and you have the opportunity to say, you know what, I can get out of Brooklyn and also I can save Golden State. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a perfect story. I think the Warriors would do it. I just, the second question after that is like, so is it going to be Draymond? Is it going to be clay can't be Wiggins. Who's it going to be? be,
0: It could be Wiggins. It could be. That's
2: tough. Right. Because, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I I would say Wiggins too, but you know, he, he took a pay cut for the team. And I think part of what the war, like part of what good organizations do is, is you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to say, Hey, you know, you took a pay cut. Now we're going to send you to Brooklyn, in a shitty situation. Um, I think that's tough. I think Bob Meyer is not someone that would do that. Um, but again, it's like, well, would they do that to Clay? You know what I mean? They're going to send him over there? So Draymond's probably your best bet, right? Because Draymond's the guy where you probably have the most friction with with the front office. Draymond,
0: and... Kaminga, Wiseman, picks. I think so. Yeah.
2: I think so. And, you know, Draymond can't yell at KD anymore. And Draymond can't punch pool. But at the same time, it comes back down to this, though. Can you win a championship? Without that guy as your defensive anchor, I don't, I actually don't. I mean, look, you got Steph and KD, it solves, you know, 99% of your problems, but I, you know, I, I yeah, I gotta solve spots. And, spot if, and
0: if you're not giving up Wiggins, then you still have Wiggins and KD and Clay and possibly Steph and yes. Poole yeah. and probably a collection of other role players that you'll get for nothing at yes. the deadline, you know?
2: Yeah. And Looney.
0: Yeah. yeah and Moody. Yeah. Moody.
2: Or Looney. Looney. Or
0: Yeah, Looney. Yeah, Looney. So I did a uh, thing with Locked On, like a cross promotion. Mm. And I previewed, I don't know if you know this, I previewed like all the NBA teams. And uh, it was on all these different Locked On feeds. So I was listening to different Locked On feeds just to make sure that it was like in there. So I was listening to the Golden State Locked On feed. And I didn't really think much of it at all until – uh, you guys got caught. Like you guys got strays from this same guy. He came after you guys for what reason? Like, is what's the? Is there a backstory here? It was I, just so unwarranted.
2: I don't know how I get dragged into these things. You know, it's you got the KD stuff where where you know he he you know he didn't like me for whatever reason, and I always go, you know, KD never talked to me. You guys know that, right? Like he <laughs> he never he never even acknowledged me. I, I don't take. I, I don't, this is not my 15 minutes of fame. I don't even, you know, I like the guy, the guy seems cool. He seems nice. Um, like I never, I, I never, yeah, I don't know him and he doesn't know me. So this is really has nothing to do with us, but you know, pe- people like drama. I like drama actually. So I'm not even gonna, I, I like drama. I like chaos. I like watching, you know, love is blind. It's my, it's my shit. Um, this stuff was, was funny. So he, here's what I think happened. I, I do think, you know, if you don't already subscribe to the light years podcast, um, I think there's a lot of, uh, in, in Warriors Twitter, Warriors fandom, that people, because it's so passionate and the Warriors are so good, people tend to take different places, uh, to take different stances. And I think there's a lot of fans that say, well, you can't, you can't criticize James Wiseman. He's too young. He's this and that. You got to be a real Warriors fan and cheer for the team. And then you've got the segment that are like, you know, we're going to stand behind Clay Thompson and this and that and trust the front office no matter what and, 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 and all this. And I think there's a lot of fan policing that goes on. And I think people get really annoyed and jealous of, uh, of Sam and I's show because we just, you know, we just tend to screw around and have fun. And I think people, a lot of people take this more seriously than they should. And I'm always like, we're just, we're just, you know, dudes or women, you know, just sitting behind some mics and chopping the shit up. And I think people take it too serious. So guys, obviously emotional obviously jealous of the light years podcast it's fine it's uh oh, my, oh my dude hey guys i'm out i have a uh
3: i have a guess as to who andy was talking about
0: <laughs> um do you think there's this like dislike by old school media to this non-media coverage that happens to be wildly popular and successful especially on the places where it matters most like social media
3: i think I only see it from people who are in old media who are unsuccessful Uh, because Andy and I have great relationships with a lot of the more senior writers who are doing very well. They hop on our show, they get what we do. You know, they, they, they treat us like we're just another like radio show or talk show. that they go on, they understand uh, it's a good way to, you know, get their content out there to, to the masses uh, it's really only like the subset of people who are insecure uh, about their own job and you know maybe are not well read or maybe are not
2: um resonating that seem to to have this beef Sam and I just have fun we don't we don't take it we, we like hearing from fans we don't agree I don't even agree with Sam half the time but it doesn't really matter right I think a lot of the times, a, a lot of not a lot I? of media yeah. a lot of media don't they just want people to agree with them they're just like hey like we we want people we we feel like we are smarter than you and what we say is more important whereas i do think sam and i sit here and we're just like nah, we just or at least for me i just say shit like hey whether people like it or not i don't really care i'll just say stuff and it just turns out people like hearing it and i never i will never say i'm right obviously when i'm right i'll say i'm right when i'm wrong i never say anything obviously um but outside yeah. of that, I think we did. Yeah, I obviously
3: believe what I say is true. That doesn't mean I have a hundred percent hit rate. Yeah. Like like yeah. like everyone else, I I have my misses. Uh, you know, like the obvious one would be like Andrew Wiggins. I did not see his play coming around the way I thought it would. But like, it's life, you know.
0: You guys were very uh, mad at me when I said James Wiseman was a deer in headlights and would never develop. And here we are, two years later, and you guys are now. You, call, you called
3: your shot early. Um, I did. I did. <laughs> I mean, I'll give my one Wiseman take nothing. I don't think he wants to be a center. I think he thinks he's a guard. I think watching him and it's just frustrating because it's like they want him to do center things. And you see all he wants to do is like try to be Kevin Durant.
0: What are you guys most optimistic about? Steph winning the MVP.
2: <laughs> you know, that <laughs> it's so far that at that point, like I don't I don't. it'd be cool, but I don't care. It, it also probably means the Warriors. Like, the, the, the Warriors, Steph winning the MVP probably means that he scored. I mean, we're watching it. He's scoring a lot of points. That's great. But the team sucks. Team sucks. You know. You know, I don't know. Sam, we, we, it, it's it's a dark time in, in the Bay Area, which is sad. They just won a championship four months ago.
3: I would say the reason to be optimistic is their starting lineup still kind of kills most teams. Um, So, like yes, they're not going to win a title with this roster, but they need to tweak the bench, which I think is easier than being like, yeah, we we need like another superstar. You know, that's a little harder. So like, if I was to hold on to optimism, it's like they should be able to find an Otto porter uh, or, you know, someone like that in the trade market. Uh, and potentially that's the kind of thing that gets them moving in good direction. But I don't even know if I believe that. So that's just me. That's just me. You're asking me give me the optimistic spin. That's my optimistic spin. Do
0: you think that a a valuable defensive role player unlocks Jordan Poole, or does Jordan Poole's psyche command him to start?
3: I think if you put smarter players around him who can defend, he will look more like the Jordan Poole we saw last year. Um, He played really well off the bench last year. He He also played well as a starter. And, like, 90% of the reason he plays well as a starter is because – who do they have in the starting lineup? Steph. Smart defenders yeah. also. You know? yeah. Also Steph, everyone plays better with Steph. But it's like, yeah, playing next to Wiggins, Draymond, Looney, that type of stuff, like it's different than playing next to Anthony Lamb, who no one knew about a month ago. And um, whatever, you know, uh, non-voting age youngster they want to throw out there with him, right?
0: Reddit Warriors asked me for my next – my. I think they have the next 12 games. Uh, mm-hmm. But the next ten, how many wins do you think? What do you think the record is?
2: What do you think it is? I don't even have to look at the schedule. Uh, <laughs> I, because the Warriors could lose. To, I mean, it doesn't matter who anyway, they play. They anyway. lost to freaking. They lost to Charlotte without limit. like they could lose I watched
0: them lose that Detroit game in Detroit. I came for that. E forty was in the building.
2: He was in Detroit. Why was E-40 he? E
0: forty came to watch you guys lose to the Pistons.
2: And by the way, they weren't close in that game. Like they didn't have a yep. shot. It, no. it E40 like came to watch Isaiah Stewart emasculate James Wiseman. <laughs> yeah. Nice, I would say like five and five.
3: Yeah, yeah bro, I go yeah. five and five too. This this team just screams five hundred. It's like Steph goes for fifty, and maybe it's enough, and maybe it's not.
2: He has to go for forty to beat the Kings at home. Like I just I can't get it. it just you're watching that, and you're so happy because your Steph is so amazing. But at the same time, the back of your head, you're just like, that's what they needed.
1: How do they
0: get the good vibes back? How do we get the, like, happiness vibes back?
2: No one's happy, right? No one's – Bring
3: back Juan Toscato Anderson. (laughs) Where's Kent Bazemore at? I'm – seriously. Honestly, though, like, vets who embrace being bench vets and don't really give a shit about their stats because they know that, like, their role is to be the good vibes guy probably would help instead of a bunch of kids who are, like, butthurt they're not getting the minutes they think they deserve and i I, I can't even i can't even blame the kids in some ways it's like it's you've created a very untenable situation by like by by merging the two and it's hard enough you know
0: so fine what does fine mean does fine mean playoffs does fine mean finals does fine mean what
3: uh contending uh they want to they want a title last year they like is anyone going to be content with like Steph got him to the first round? No shot. You know, it's no. just like, it's you, you know, that there's a core of a title team here. Like they did it with at least six of these players. They just need to re you know, figure it out around those guys is my bigger thing. Steph.
2: I, I think this is the year Steph is going to ask for change. Like he's, I was, t- I was saying it earlier, Sam. He knows it's only – it's one year left, two years left. There's not much left in the tank for Steph Curry. I know we think he can go to 40, but there's not much left in the tank. Um, it's the LeBron. It's like the LeBron. There's two, three years left. And if he wins five, I mean, you know? Well, and that's, and that's the larger point. Fuck them, kids.
3: Even if they drafted correctly. Even if they... Okay, so who's the best player available at number two? Probably LaMelo. Who is the best player available at number seven? Tyrese Halliburton seven? would have been better yes. than Lomelo. sure. Well, either way. <laughs> um, or like, you know, Franz Wagner the I've, following year. I've... Neither of those guys are ever going to be Steph Curry. And that's no. kind of the point. Yeah. Even if they nailed those picks and they were productive players, this team's in better position. This is probably the best player that's ever going to be on Joe Lacob's Warriors. He's going to probably die before they get a player of Steph's caliber. He's 65 years old. Let's be let's be honest about it. You, this this is like a what is he top 10 player of all time? Yes. I mean is he like that alone, just do the math. Like the odds you're gonna have a player who matters as much to your franchise again are is limited. You know, like so just go all in. Deal with the future when the future comes, you know, would you rather would you rather have um, okay It's officially over. Steph's 37. He's old. He's washed. Time to rebuild or like try (laughs) to be super cute with it and then feel like you left a couple chances on the table.
0: Yeah, I saw that that Steve Kerr quote. He said that he thinks this could be the last year or maybe next year is the last year of the dynasty and that they're in the final stages. (laughs) Yeah, that's super dramatic. Do you think that was like a veiled like message to like, hey, this is it guys. Like I know you think in Silicon Valley, there's like just forever. Or I guess, what do you kind of, what are your, what is your take on that?
2: Steve is, is I think he knows he is dramatic, but he's smart. He knows that if they don't do something that nothing, like, I don't think much changes materially on this team. Back to Sam's point, Victor Wembenyama, who, who is like the best draft prospect that we've seen yeah, ever like a video since player. LeBron. He has like a 5% chance of beating better than Steph. 1% chance of being better than Steph. And that I think is, so you're talking about Wiseman and Kaminga. Like those guys might have a zero point zero 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 one percent chance of duplicating this. So back to Steve's quote. Yeah. I think he realizes that. I think 2020, 2021, you can argue. I think Steve's argument was, you know, Clay's out. But here we are, and two Steph years missed later. missed a
3: whole year, yeah. and he's 33, and, you know, guards of his age don't tend to get better at this stage. Like, yep. I, I can understand the doubt until you start seeing him play again. And, and like, there was a whole COVID layoff. Like, no one really knew what was going on there.
2: It wasn't even a championship played that season. You know what I mean? Like, that thing, yeah. that thing. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it
3: was, a, it was a, what was that? That, uh, what was world that? Disney world tournament. Yeah. Um, but you
0: uh, <laughs> didn't have a parade
3: <laughs> <laughs> to this day, to this day. <laughs> um, but like, I, I do think, yeah. And, and it's obvious Steve's point is like, you know, kind of seize the moment. Like Steph looks like he's going to do it for the next five years, but like, who knows? Right. Oh. Um, he's 34. He's already in uncharted territory for like a guard of his size, continuing to play at this level, like, you kind of have to treat every year like it could be the last.
2: Yeah. LeBron's done. done. Like, his career is over. You watch him play, and, you know, he'll still go for 30. On but... sh-
3: he's on the shop more than
2: he's on the Lakers these days.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> He's done. Like, he is finished, and it, th- that stuff just happens quick. And uh, although it, it feels like he's been he's it, – it's been supposed to happen for years now. But I think you can argue like, – you can finally say at this point he's done. And I think that's going to happen to Steph at some point. And he is going to be done.
3: Yeah, that's the point. Like when they they won that AU tournament, I mean, I still felt like LeBron had like three to four more years in him. And now we're two years later and it's like, it's just very clear he's in like Wizards Jordan phase of his career, you know, where it's like, he's obviously still really good. And it's fun to watch him in the sense of like, you know, all time great. But it's like his days of, you know, Oh shit, it's LeBron and he's gonna destroy us or, or over, right? Yeah. And that's kind of the uh that's kind of the point with, with Steph, where it's like it looks like he's in the middle of his prime, but like be real about it. You don't know if he's gonna lose a step next year or a year after that.
2: Like these things happen. Go for it. Like Tom leave, let live with it, you know. Tom Brady might be done, you know. Although, you know, the divorce might have helped him out. But like that's another guy that played into the 40s.
0: And and FTX losing six hundred and fifty million dollars as well. By the way, Steph, Steph ended up, that was probably the worst alignment, brand alignment, mm. where he's like, the you Warriors don't have to are, know the anything. The Warriors
3: are fully aligned with him. It's not just Steph. It's like the, they <laughs> Monday, they gave away Jordan Poole bobbleheads with FTX, <laughs> FTX. Uh, oh, branding no, on it. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, well, they clearly already printed them, you know, so...
0: Any other parting thoughts, as you guys have given me so much time? Thank you for jumping on. I know you were uh, almost unable to. I was
3: was double booked. Um, I thought it was going to go for an hour. I saw I got a half hour back, and I saw I still had a link to StreamYard, so I took my
2: chance. Let's let's go. All right, hey, final take. The Western Conference is bad. It is not good. I know that there's a lot of good teams, hypothetically, but it is not a good conference. Uh, As a Warriors fan, you are still not scared of any of these teams. Uh, Kawhi is questionable tonight. He is questionable in his life. That's how he is. So who knows if he's ever going to be back? But uh, I think you can argue the Warriors still have like, a good chance of uh, of making the NBA Finals. That's, and once you make the finals, all that matters. So,
3: and that's why they should go for it because Andy is right. Like I think Memphis probably the best other best team in the West. Oh, yeah, they're good. Um, and uh, you know they're nice, but they're not like they're very the, vulnerable. It's, it's not the '96 Bulls. You know, you're not yeah. like staring down the KD Warriors where you're like. Jakob Pertl is not going to make a difference here. It's like, it's very much a couple tweaks and get back on track and you can easily win the West type of situation. Correct. Correct.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that as well. Specifically considering I watched Memphis play the Wizards. And mind you, there was no jaw, no Bane, no Jaron Jackson. But like Jaron Jackson, I don't think is a very good basketball player. Like I don't
2: think he's –
0: I don't think – offensively, I don't think he's – A lot of threes.
2: A lot of threes. Just
0: a lot of flat – Fifteen-year-old girl threes, like just so gross, just so bad. I like him as a person, like him as a defender, but I don't know. I think that they're very a very vulnerable team. Jaw obviously has had ankle issues that whole time. You know, last year, this year, still that was the reason he didn't play in the Wizards game. Desmond Bain's been out, so you're you're an injury away. I think the Mavs have real problems. Um, Utah's not it's a, good a one-man team. team. Yeah. yeah,
3: Clippers. So. I don't. I mean, I. Whatever. You know, Who do you like, think is the sure, best
0: team in the West?
3: Probably Memphis right now. Like, um, as much as like the idea of the Clippers is good, like at a certain point, it's like I kind of need to see Kawhi play ten games in a row. Like five whatever. games in a row? Yeah. Three so, like, games I, in a row. Even if he's one even game? if he's healthy in the
2: playoffs, I don't believe he's gonna make it through. Because he has so. to play in playoffs. Like you have to play. What if he just doesn't play?
3: Denver, I think, yeah. is good, but like, I don't know, they feel they also feel a tweak away in the playoffs. Like who are they going to guard type of situation? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's all kind of, it's there for, it's there for the taking. It's like a Andy said it correctly. It's a lot of like 48 win teams. It's a lot yeah. of like good teams, not no great teams.
2: You don't no got to play. You don't got to play Boston and Milwaukee to the finals. And once you get to the finals, you're just one Steph Curry performance away from stealing that thing. Just a little, and, little game four in the garden. Yeah. Yeah. And you are good to go. <laughs> Number five on the way. For the, Our dubs, stuff.
0: as I've always said, are going to be fine. Championship aspirations still on. Much love to Sam and Andy for joining the show for a third straight year, actually, now. And actually, the, the Warrior season kind of feels like the first season that I met him, 2020, 2021, where it's just Steph and a bunch of dudes, just a bunch of role players out there doing nothing. Give him a follow, uh, some of the best follows in the NBA. Social at, at Andy k-h-l-i-u and at sam e-s-f-a-n-d-i-a-r-i savage funny honest love them that's all the time that we have for the heat check we'll be back monday with an all-new episode check out the feed for past episodes and many episodes which drop pretty much every day follow the heat check as the season continues to heat up and do not forget to download, subscribe, please tell your friends, and follow us on social at, at This Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok.